This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a little. Yo, 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 yo. Some get a little, and some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none. Run for run. What's, up? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode. This is going to be a quick one, of course. I am super delayed from the last time I recorded. Um, I just came back from my birthday vacation. Uh, much appreciated, everybody who shot, uh, you know, reached out, showed love, all that good stuff. Um, I'm not going to go all into my feels about born days and whatnot, but what how I look at it is like, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of people who don't get the opportunity to see the following year. Um, I'm, for one, very grateful, very, you know, I have so much gratitude, uh, very appreciative because life is precious. You never know when you're going to go. So live it up to the fullest, the best you can. Um, to, to those who are very morbid or just not too keen of enjoying, and that is your prerogative if that's what you want to do, if that makes you feel good. Um, it's all about being happy and being blessed to see in these days. I just turned 37. I'm, old. I'm not that old, but I'm old to some, <laughs> young to many. Um, but during that moment of a little bit of a break, obviously a lot has happened. Uh, two games that I talked about in my last episode have ever since been cl- concluded since last Sunday, obviously. Um, congratulations to the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers who are now going to be running it back in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. But since then, uh, I just I I do want to I don't want to get too much into that upcoming game to those who are big on the gambling side. The the the, the line is still at um the Niners favorite at minus 2 over under 37 and a half. Might be some movement during the week due to some um, players coming back from injuries or players not being included due to the injuries, um, narratives, a lot of press conferences. Radio Row is set up right now. The Pro Bowl just ended. Um, I'm not, I was, I've been an advocate for making the Pro Bowl, what am I trying to say? Trying to make the Pro Bowl more like flag football, and I got my wish, but it's still not appealing to me at least. But I would think it would be more appealing to the young generation. And, of course, 2028 will be the first year of flag football in the Olympics. So there is some benefit to having flag football um, these days, uh, being that a lot of young kids are playing that nowadays because the risk of injuries is less during flag football. <clears throat> uh, for a lot of kids, this is an opportunity for them who can't play call you know high school and all that other good stuff so but yeah um that has concluded i'm not gonna give the score i didn't watch didn't pay any mind didn't find it beneficial for me to keep up with i'm sure in the down the road that'll be something that will get a lot of um possibly a lot of clicks on sports books uh because if it ain't making money it ain't gonna get much uh, attention Sorry to say to those who are not big fans of gambling or the fact that gambling has gotten so popular throughout the years. Um, But, yeah, there was two games that happened. Um, But before I get to those two games, we did have some more coaching news. Um, Of course, a lot of coordinators got moved around. 
uh, due to the fact that some coordinators have gotten jobs. But there's some notable names that got moved around, and I'll just go over some of the notables that people may know. Um, Zach Orr, from, former linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. I do remember he had like one pretty solid season, then he hurt his neck a couple times, and he had to call it quits pretty early in his career. But he has been promoted to defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens because their, their defensive coordinator, I think his name is Michael McDonald, um, he has since been hired as the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason why that happened is because the offensive coordinator of Detroit, um, Ben Johnson, decided to opt out of that and stick to, you know, being loyal to the team that has given him an opportunity. So he's still there. Um, but, yeah, there's been other, some other noticeable um, hires. Ken Dorsey, Cleveland Browns OC now. And I'm just going to bring up some names people know. Joe, Joe Brady became official for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills finally got their official defensive coordinator, Bobby um, Bobish, Babish. Maybe saying it wrong, but it looks right. Um, he was their uh, linebackers coach. Um, the Packers got their guy, Jeff Halfley, who was uh, previously the head foot football coach for the BC Eagles in college. Uh, Mike LaFleur uh, is back I believe he's back to Los Angeles. I believe he left, went to the Jets, got fired, and now he's back in Los Angeles which, um, with the person that gave him an opportunity beforehand. So that's going to work in his favor. Um, Anthony Weaver is the defensive coordinator of Miami because they have since lost Vin, uh, uh, Vic Fangio, who ended up leaving and going right back to where he was consulting out over there in Philly, who also have hired a former Dallas Cowboy offense coordinator, um, Kellen Moore, Arthur Smith, former head coach of the um, Atlanta Falcons. He is now the Pittsburgh Steelers OC. And um, yeah, those are the, pretty much all the notables. New England has made some, some changes as well um, with their staff. They haven't gotten an um, offensive coordinator from my understanding. Um, actually, they did. Alex Van Pelt. And um, the defensive coordinator is Demarcus Covington, excuse me. So Alex Van Pelt, uh, he came from the Packers um, organization as a quarterback's coach, I believe. And then he got an opportunity as an offensive coordinator for, I think, Cleveland or the Jets, something like that. Because, um, you know, if you if you worked to develop and build um, Aaron Rodgers' career and all those MVPs, you're gonna, you were going to get a lot of opportunities. But, yeah, those were all the major changes, of course, uh, as I mentioned Ben Johnson opted to go looking to being his being the offensive coordinator. Still, so he's going to stay there in Detroit, um, which is good for Detroit after what happened. What we'll talk about soon, um, which left uh, Washington Commanders with um, getting Dan Quinn as their head coach, who has now hired Cliff Kingsbury, who opted out of the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders job after he agreed to terms with them. So. There's a lot of turnaround. There's still more to come as far as coordinators are concerned. Coordinators are just as much of importance as your head coaching hire or your head coaching or the head coach they're going to be playing, be coaching with um, because they need to be a good cohesive group to bring success to the offense or the defensive side of the ball. Of the ball. Um, with all that said, as I mentioned before, we had two games last Sunday. And those two games have already since concluded. 
Um, the first game was the Chiefs playing the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for all your, all those who already kind of have an idea how that all went, um, I just want to talk more about how that game was to me. Uh, I'm gonna give everybody the score, of course. The Chiefs won 17 to 10, which, in my personal opinion, you could say that that was kind of an upset because let's be fair, like the Ravens were rolling. They were like they were beating everybody, and when I say everybody, they were beating all the better teams in the NFL we're talking about they beat the Niners by a lot they've beaten Detroit they've beaten pretty much every playoff team that was a notable playoff team this year and they've taken care of business but this game was so tough to watch because all the firepower power was kind of in the first half Travis Kelsey got busy he had like 11 he was 11 for 11 in catches touchdown over 100 yards Right now, he's threatening Jerry Rice's all-time playoff record and touchdown passes. I think he passed Jerry Rice for most receptions, something crazy like that. Mahomes was very Mahomes-like. <laughs> but what what I wanted to talk about it was the two keys that the keys I had for both teams. One notable key I had was for the Chiefs was to you know mix it up against Lamar and make it hard for him to be successful. I think what they did, uh, aside from the fact that it looked like Todd Munkin, Munkin and um, Lamar just decided they just wanted to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes' passing game and against the Chiefs' passing defense, um, knowing that they could have just ran the ball on them, you know, the Chiefs took on the, took on the, um, the challenge and they uh, – and you might have seen this many times from other people, including some of my peers. They said that he, you know, Steve Spagnola coached uh, a masterpiece. And you could say you, it's it's right, rightfully so to say because the assumption was Lamar can still dice you up whether he's inside or outside the pocket, which could have happened, could have still happened. There was some key defensive plays in that whole game. Um, I feel like the wide receivers for Baltimore, except for a couple times when Zay Flowers got super wide open, they were locked down. I think they were trying to, I think the Baltimore Ravens were trying to force it to Mark Andrews a few times and likely wasn't happening. So those guys came up to play and um, no Willie Gay, which I thought would have hurt the San Francisco 49ers, but it didn't, man. The pass rush was there. Chris Jones took care of business up the middle for them. Um, they just, they're just a championship defense, man. Whether they, lead the league in, in defensive stats, which this year was one of their better defensive seasons. They just took care of business, and then they stayed well-balanced on offense. Um, Mahomes had 39 attempts and only 241 yards passing. That means he was keeping it real conservative as far as, like, getting first downs and, you know, moving the chains. Uh, Pacheco had 24 carries. Um, Mahomes himself had six. He has 15. He had 15 yards, but I think there were some kneel downs and, you know, he may have lost some yards, but he 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 kept plays alive, and his his receiving core, as mediocre as it may come off, they compete and they they just took care of business. Um, but as far as Baltimore is concerned, the reason they lost was quite often, quite quite honestly, you know, confusing to many of many of us who just couldn't understand um, running the ball very little, um, only three attempts from Gus Edwards. Then you had only three attempts to Justice Hill. 
And then there was no signs of Lamar getting that many attempts. He had eight, but a few of those were in the first quarter, and they kind of they kind of got away from all that. Um, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Their their team that I believe total like thirty attempts a, a game against anybody, um, going away from the run and just relying on the pass game, like <sighs> tough. And then. I did mention, you know, Lamar getting too loose with the football and then, you know, fumbling, getting a, a f- strip sack on him and then thrown into triple coverage, which to be fair, you know, he was just looking for, he was just giving his guy an opportunity to win the ball. And it's really tough when in the playoffs. You don't do those, you don't throw those type of balls in the end zone. Um, but Zay Flowers didn't really help the, the situation either. Young cat, young man, made a mistake taunting which kept them out of the position that they were and they still found a way to get close and he had an opportunity to score and then the same person he taunted uh, you knocked the ball out so you know shout out to Ladarius Sneed by 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 doing what he did like he kept himself composed got the play when it mattered it didn't at the end of the day nobody remember nobody's ever going to remember what Zay Flowers did to get open and to get and to, that led to that taunt. They're gonna remember that he fumbled the ball into the end zone, and the Chiefs recovered. So that was honestly 14 points right there. The interception that that Zay Flowers fumble. That's 14 points right there. We, then we would be talking a completely different ball game. We, we would be talking about the Ravens going to Super Bowl, Ravens winning that game, um, Chiefs still covering. You know the whole nine. But when a playoff team is like the Chiefs are in a dynastic path, anything you do has to be very careful. You got to, like, this really does remind me of those Patriot Dynasty-like moments. Like, you just don't give them a little bit of air to breathe. They will find a way to get a big gasp and make shit happen. Um, the Chiefs didn't really they didn't score at all in the second half, so that doesn't mean that all that tells me right there is Baltimore took care of business. You know what I'm saying? When you let when you have a team only if you have a team that scores less than 20 points, you should win the game. But it looks like the better defense was in Kansas City. So again, shout out to the Chiefs for winning that. My my only thing is like I know a lot of people started making fun or talking shit about Lamar. Um, great season, MVP season, MVP winner. Um, that's not without a doubt. How, like you can't even doubt that. Um, other thing is like shit like this happens. Uh, a lot of greats will never beat other greats. Um, Philip Rivers. I don't. Re- I don't recall him ever beating Brady. Uh, took Peyton Manning years. Uh, I don't even know who in the NFC I could compare. But Rodgers couldn't beat Russell. <laughs> Russell Wilson when the Seahawks had they still had their Legion of Boom. Um, the nine Packers in the playoffs recently, especially the times with Rodgers and look at Dallas can't beat any quarterback that Dallas ever brought out there. Couldn't beat, surpass whatever the Packers brought out there to Dallas, um, in the playoffs. So, um, you know, many years we've seen Elway fell short, feel fell short, especially Dan Marino, too many times going against Jim Kelly and those guys like greatness is greatness for a reason you can't beat those guys and they're always going to make it to the promised land one way or another 
And the hardest thing to do is, as an AFC quarterback, is to beat a team led by Patrick Mahomes, um, which tells you a lot that you need to know about that kid. Adversity is crazy on that side. I've never seen a team with so much distractions, with the swift coverage, family drama of the Mahomes, which has none to do with him, family drama of the Reeds, uh, which has none to do with him, um, players getting arrested, players being trouble, bringing in troubled players, players kicking women. Like they've had a lot going on in Kansas City. And it's just, they just find a way to be focused enough to win these games, in which that was like my biggest key for them for the whole playoffs. Like, just stay focused. The goal is right in front of you, and they've been doing it. And I think at some point, people are going to look back at this. If they win the Super Bowl, they're going to look back at this whole postseason. The fact that Mahomes could potentially go 4 0 against four different quarterbacks that have had are technically Pro Bowl slash MVP quarterbacks who had had MVP voting this year. So we'll talk more about that the Super Bowl for the Chiefs later on. I'm going to have some guests on to talk more Super Bowl stuff. But moving on to the next game, we had the Chiefs. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're done with the Chiefs. We actually had Detroit versus San Francisco, which actually became the game of the, the, the Sunday. I, I didn't expect this game to be so exciting. Um, back and forth most of the second half. Actually, there was not a lot of back and forth. There was more like all Detroit the second first half and all San Francisco the second half. Um, again, another a great team, right? A great team that you gave a little bit of life. And uh, Detroit, they did what I did not want them to do. They, they ended up wanting to be more aggressive, continue to be aggressive, get cute and do crazy little things like go for four on fourth down and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff they did in the first quarter to the second quarter worked. Um, a lot of uh, misdirection, a lot of end arounds, you know, getting the ball into the hands of playmakers, you know, keeping the pressure off Jared Goff. And then second half, it was like the complete opposite. Uh, Jameer Gibbs fumbles in their own territory, which gives San Francisco great field position. They score, you know, I believe um, they went for it on fourth down two separate times that led to scores. It's just, you just don't do those type of things. Like, Going for it on fourth and you you turn it over, that's a turnover to me. You turn the ball over. You turn it back to the team without no result in your end. You didn't even punt it away. You didn't even attempt a field goal. You just gave it back. So I feel like and it was funny like hearing a lot of like the people on sports media talking about the nerds making that decision, which I agree, man. Like analytics in sports is such a buzzkill. Because, yeah, there's obviously probability that plays a huge part of decision-making uh, for a head coach. But you just don't choose those moments. You take the points or you, att- you attempt the points. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather lose trying to win, right? And I'm not saying that, yeah, going, for, going forward on fourth is not trying to win. It is trying to win. But it's being you're up by 10 points. If you're up by 17 or 10 points, what the fuck is the point of going forward on fourth? Matter of fact, if you're down by, if you're up by three and all you need is a field goal, you you force them to have to score. You know what I'm saying? But I think Detroit was, they were way too in their heads in this in that second half. Uh, 
We've seen this before in the NFL playoffs, man. That's why no, you know, three-score lead is considered comfortable after a first half. Like, anything can change. Uh, blowouts are very rare in the in the, in the playoffs. Um, we've seen a lot of them, obviously, but they're very rare. So it's like sometimes you just got to take the points, my friend. Dan Campbell, you were biting too many kneecaps that, that night. Should have definitely uh, <laughs> should have played your cards right when the opportunity was there, of course. Um, but yeah, that those that happening in those games, the, the, that game in particular, I should stick to it. But like I've said it before, force Purdy to beat you, right? Purdy beat them, um, and you know it's it's right to say it's rightfully so. You you have to put it in the hands of that kid to see if can he do the unthinkable right and if he does so be it you tried um if he doesn't then everybody's on his back as they would prefer like you know people are always looking for a reason to discredit purdy uh, i'm one of, i've been one of those people i have been been that person i just don't know what i'm gonna get from this kid i'm assuming he's great but then we see certain games you're like ah Maybe he's not as good as we wanted want him to be because I think it's the it's I think it's the want. I think a lot of people want him to be the next um, like next Brady, the next Russell Wilson, the next guy who just came out of nowhere who nobody expect him to win championships or anything. Um, but I think what people need to understand is that I don't think the reasoning behind him uh, him being discredited is due to his obviously God-given talent. He does have a God-given talent because he's able to play this game at a high level, right? Um, But the reality is there's a reason why players like him get drafted so low. Um, There's a reason why Kyle Shanahan at every given moment is trying to see if he can upgrade the position. So you can't can't be mad at you can't be mad at the what people are saying because it's happening it's it's being talked about quite often um so either way shout out to purdy shout out to them boys they're going to the super bowl once again this is his first trip he is said to be the youngest quarterback or third youngest quarterback to to start a super bowl game um which is still quite impressive um i do Look forward to this game very much so. And I hope it's one of those entertaining Super Bowls. Um, but with all that said, this is I'm how I'm going to end the podcast. We're going to keep going with more. I got a couple guests this week. We're going to talk some more football, Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl coverage from me, yours truly. Um, and to those who haven't signed up or subscribed or, you know, give me a thumbs up. Do me a favor. Do me a solid. I appreciate y'all for listening to me ramble for about 25 minutes or so. But till next time, we out. This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Trying to make a little yo, 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 some get a little. Some get none, shit I was part of the some get none